Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 35. I'm your host, Kamran Shishtar, and with me is... James Seelig. Alright, today is Monday, January 13th. It's like Friday the 13th, but it doesn't have that same magic because it's the beginning of the week and you want to have bad shit happen so you could go home, but instead you're kind of stuck at work, so... Sorry about that, folks. Uh, we're doing this a little bit later than planned, uh, just because of unforeseen circumstances on multiple occasions. So this will be going out, uh, basically this is going to be a Friday show, uh, kind of a few days apart from the Star Wars special we just, uh, posted out there. If you guys haven't listened to it, I'd honestly say give it a listen, just if you, if you want to go into Star Wars. If not, stay the hell away from it, otherwise you're going to basically waste over two hours of your life for nothing. Unless you want to listen to me make Palpatine sounds. Like, That's always fun. If I'm going to be honest, we we could have made that podcast even longer if I just like listed every single problem I had with that movie. And I there were a couple times where I caught myself just like starting to go into like and then I hated this and I hated that and I hated this. Unlimited topics for yeah, you to so choose I just, from. Literally, I just it would have been an extra like hour or, or more if I had just gotten to that list. So like, be thankful it's as short as it is. Is fully operational. <sighs> yeah, see, it's just fucking. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're gonna go through back to kind of like the regular format, and luckily there's not there's a good amount of news, but honestly, it's all very short, and we don't have too much to talk about with what we played and watched. So yeah, it, it should be honestly this should be a. a a guaranteed short show. I, I, I guarantee it, I think. So let's begin with what we've played. James, if you want to start us off. So I haven't really played too much since last we talked. Because uh, last we talked was mid-winter break. And I like started... I finally got myself... It was myself, like a few days before Christmas. Yeah. So like I started playing Gears 5, finally. Like, I meant to get into it a long time ago, and, like, I'm most of the way through, but I'll get into it in a second, like, why I, I stopped playing. But, like, basically, as far as the game goes, I I like it a shit ton more than I like Gears 4. It's like, I, I talked about it when I played that on the podcast, but, like, I just was not into Gears 4 like at all i thought the story was kind of like meh i didn't really like any of the new characters i didn't like any of the new weapons i thought they felt like really ineffective i didn't like the new enemies at least the dbs the swarm is kind of interesting but then it fuck robots yeah and then the game just kind of like ends or whatever gears 5 though so far i'm liking a shit ton more like it's it's still the same characters that they introduced in the last game, but for whatever reason, I don't know if they're just better written or if it's just, like, a more interesting story. But so far, like, I hated Kate in the last game. I thought she was, like, made the dumbest decisions. And in this one, she's, like, actually compelling, interesting character. I Like, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, even though this game's been, like, out for a while, plus I haven't even finished it. I mean, it's actually, for once, fairly recent. Like, it, it's it's only a few months old now. Really? It's only been that long? Yeah, wow. I, what did it come out in September, October? Oh, you're right. September? It actually hasn't September. been that long. It was September, yeah. So it's, it's fairly recent, honestly. It's only like four months Whoa. old. See, that's, the pro- that's another problem with like doing the quarter system at college is that like it's only 10 weeks per quarter, but like there's so much shit that I have to do that I'm like busy with during that time that those like three months feels like a year. 
Mm, so like it felt like a lot longer since the gears came out uh but yeah it's just like also i don't know if they tweaked the the damage output for all the weapons that they introduced in the last game but like i actually find myself using the overkill sometimes it actually works uh i like i don't know like it's everything about the game feels better than gears 4 and I actually really like that there's some, like, semi-open world areas where, like, instead of it just being completely linear, it's just, like, here's your sand slash snow, not speeder, what what, what the fuck, glider or whatever? Your pod racer? Sa- the sailor thing. Yeah, uh, your pod racer. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> like, <laughs> not, not at all, but yeah. I, it, it's, I just, yeah, it's basically just, like, a, a glider. Really. Or, like, a, no, parasail. That's what it is. The parasailer. The paraglider. Whatever. Parag- it doesn't matter. So, like... Whatever. Yeah. It's I your just skiff. Re- I just never expected to see Gears 5, which is, like, a third-person cover-based shooter, which has always been an extremely linear experience. I just never Become expected... Become a parasail tr- simulator. Yeah, well, that. I, I, didn't, I never expected a vehicle like that in Gears. But I also just didn't expect them to give you the option of, like... There's side quests and shit to do. You don't have to do them. You could just go on with the main story. But, like, I don't know. I thought it was cool that they gave you a chance to, like, explore a little bit. It also gives... Uh, it helps you give the, the mods to... um. To Is his name still Jack, or do they change his name? Oh, yeah. And I'm actually really liking those RPG elements where, like, you actually upgrade I keep upgrade forgetting Jack and to stuff. use him, because I've, um, I've been playing co-op with Brandon on it. I'm still in Act 2, so you probably, you're probably you probably way ahead of me. Oh, now. I'm actually a little bit farther than you, then. I'm, like, Yeah, no, no, because we barely, it's, like, we, if we're lucky, we can play once a week, because I, like, go to his house on, like, a cheat day or something. Right. Uh, and we just, like, split-screen that shit. But um, lately, it, it's been far in between, so we, we barely made any progress, and then we got, like, oh, there's like an hour or something and we'll just get stuck on something just because we're running through on insane. Uh, and like the same, same mistakes keep just getting made and I'm like not paying attention at the time. So like we'll probably resume it in like a couple weeks or something. I'm not sure. All right. Yeah. Um, I also, at least so far, one of the things I hated the most about Gears 4 was those fucking wind flare things. Like the storms where they're just like, dodge lightning and I, I just it, it felt like such a stupid gimmick that was just meant to look really cool and it did look really cool and i, I kind of liked the that you could shoot stuff and like it would go flying into the wind and take out enemies and stuff but it was like the dodging the lightning thing was just like a stupid like mechanic i thought so far none of that is in this game there is like one part in chapter three where you do have to deal with one of those windstorm things, but it's honestly way cooler. Cause like, so in act two, you're in like that icy snow place in act three, you go to like a desert. So you could like still use this, the sailor thing. Cause it's like, it can go over sand just as well as it can go over snow, I guess. And yeah. there's a part where like this entire time you've been seeing these like what look like obsidian glass like trees like all over the place and you're just like how do those even form turns out like the game has this really really cool effect where like when lightning strikes the ground from one of those storms it just like makes the sand like explode up into the air and create those like cool obsidian trees i just thought it was like such a cool effect that I actually went from hating those storms to thinking it was really cool in this game. 
but mostly just because they didn't have you just like run from lightning i don't know yeah they, uh, do, they really like own, like kind of polish everything and improve on certain mechanics plus like the open world introduction also just kind of makes it a lot better yeah and like you you kind of mentioned jack and he's got like a bunch of new abilities and whatnot he's actually like i still don't like that he's the third like uh, co-op character like, i, I don't want to play weird. as him yeah i'm, I'm like ah oh, god i want to do three i'm good with two people because it just means we'll do like kate and dill but like him as just a mechanic in the game is pretty fun like uh i also tried a little bit of the the uh, the competitive multiplayer i haven't done horde or escape yet but like i kind of hate arcade mode like i don't know that one kind of sucks just cuz in they try to go for like call of duty style kill streaks but not it's not kill streaks it's just like you get kills and then you can use those kills to purchase weapons that are like a, like supposed to help you or whatever but those weapons that each character gets like it's not you don't just choose from a huge list that each character has each character has their own specific weapons that you can buy and some characters weapon lists are just like way better than others so arcade just seems like really unbalanced uh towards like certain characters just being inherently better so i went into classic which is just like everyone starts with a lancer and a nasher and that is still pretty fucking awesome like i don't know i didn't really like get into the uh, versus multiplayer in gears 4 much just because i didn't like it really yeah, so no, far no, 5v5 is the 5v5 classic style is just preferred anyway yeah so far the bit i've played of it i've actually really liked it i don't exactly appreciate how every single thing you can think of that could possibly be like monetized in the game is <laughs> but dude like, you just gotta buy those rock stars and chips ahoy man it's not even that it's like you know how you can ping enemies yeah yeah even those you can customize and like buy new ones in the store and stuff like that it's like every literally every little mechanic in the game is monetized or could be monetized or you could just earn it but it would take a long ass time like, the biggest issue is all all of the characters that you might want to unlock for the multiplayer are either... You can earn them by doing shit that, at least from first impressions, could take, like, days to unlock. Or you could just pay five bucks. It's, like, it's not necessary, but it's shit like that that kind of bugs me. But I still at least enjoy the game as a whole. I don't know. The only re- uh, I would say, I mean, like, it's just similar to everything else out now, like Destiny Two and other things. Like everything is cosmetic. Yeah, I purposes. guess that's fair. Yeah, Destiny. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Destiny does have the Eververse, but it just feels somewhat different for Gears Five. I don't know why, but mm. whatever. I I don't want to yeah. harp on that. At, like, because that just seems nitpicky to me. Yeah, it's just something that annoys me, but it's not like that big a deal. Um, and like, so just to get into it real quick, the only reason why I haven't finished Gears 5 at this point is because my break ended and I went back to my apartment at Davis and whoever was in charge of the apartment complex was like, uh, we're having issues with the Wi-Fi in some parts of the apartment complex. So we're going to quote, 
upgrade the Wi-Fi by just like taking out your Ethernet ports. So now everyone has to use Wi-Fi, but like not have access to a hardline connection, which would be fine because like, you know, my consoles can do Wi-Fi, but the like type of campus Wi-Fi that my that UC Davis uses like works fine for computers and phones and stuff. But for whatever reason, the Xbox and the PlayStation just don't want to play with that type of security settings. So I basically cannot play anything on any of my consoles that requires an internet connection for now, which is really pissing me off. But at least, yeah, but at least like I still have some things on my Switch that like I can play that don't require internet connection that I like never finished. Uh, I like I just. I also got Sekiro for Christmas, which is the other thing that I've mostly been playing a bunch of. Because, honestly, unlike the other Souls games, this one doesn't have a whole lot of online, like, mechanics. Like, you don't see people's bloodstains for, like, you know, to see how did someone die. You don't see, like, messages that are left behind by other people. So, that game I can play just fine, not connected to the internet. Also, because I actually have that as, like, a disc. Uh, and also I just like, I got it for Christmas and because it was like the game awards game of the year, I was just like, well, let's see why. And like, I don't, I don't know if I would call it like game of the year worthy, but it's certainly fucking good though. Like the voice act. I mean, I'm playing it with the original Japanese voice acting with like English subtitles so I can understand what's happening. But like. The voice acting is really well done. The animations are really good. Like the the art style of the game is pretty fantastic. Uh, if you're into like Japanese folklore and stuff like that. Uh, but like the weird thing is, before the game came out, it was billed almost entirely as like just another Souls game by From Software. And it has a lot of those elements to it. But honestly, it reminds me more of a Tenchu game. Because, like, it's very stealth-oriented. Like, it, you are definitely incentivized to try to stealth kill as many people as possible. I mean, you can defend yourself if you get into an out- outright fight. But, like, it, like any of the uh, their, like, usual Souls games, it can get out of hand and it can get really difficult if there's even just, like, a few enemies attacking you at, at once. Uh, it's definitely really challenging. I, I like the combat of the game like it's it's different from bloodborne and dark souls where like bloodborne emphasized dodging a lot uh dark souls emphasizes blocking a lot this game is a lot more about parrying and i don't know the sound effects of this game are fucking fantastic the uh just like the clang of your sword against other enemies swords like sounds so good and when you get like a perfect deflect like it just everything sounds good and like I've heard people describe it as somewhat like a rhythm game, and which I it feels like a little, a little far, but I could definitely see what they're talking about. Where like there is a a sort of rhythm to the combat of like attacking and then parrying when you see the enemy attack you, and then quickly re- attacking them again. It's just, it's a very fun combat system, but also it's interesting that you don't really get any new weapons throughout the game. It's you. The, store, the sword you start with is your sword. You just get new, like, 
attachments to your shinobi prosthetic arm, which is like your grapple hook thing, to basically better deal with specific enemies, depending on what equipment you're using. I don't know. It's really cool. Like, like, like I said, I would. I don't know why it deserved Game of the Year over like some of the other things that were like being considered at Game Awards, but it is a fantastic game. And if you're a fan of, I mean, I guess the Souls type games because there are elements of it, but it doesn't feel like Dark Souls or Bloodborne really. If you're I guess if you're more a fan of, like, a stealth game or, like, if you really liked the Tenchu games, because apparently From Software made those, too. Like, if you're a fan of Tenchu and you haven't played a, a ninja stealth game in a while, this game will definitely scratch that itch. Just beware that it's also, like, really fucking hard. With Like, the boss fights are hard. But, yeah. So those are the two things that I've been able to play, at least, since the last we talked. Gotcha. So for me, i just uh, been kind of blasting through destiny 2 backlog stuff so not my gaming backlog but my backlog in destiny uh just kind of blasting through gotta all the get quests. those pursuits done yes yeah, uh, like actually i have been um i already finished every single pinnacle weapon strike quest or basically anything strike related for pursuits are, are all completely done and then uh the black armory stuff i've had stuff that old yeah uh, I've pretty much been knocking it all out. I still have Black Armory stuff to do. Yeah, I, but I, I, I've like, oh my god, I got through, I got Monarch, I got Jotun finally, both of those. Um, I've pretty much gotten every single weapon and all the armors, the full armor set and everything else from the forges. I'm like, only, I think I'm down like three to five lore entries too, which I'll come back to eventually, but for now I'm like, uh, my final, I'm like, trying to get Izangi's burden which is the last thing it's like a it's the box where you need to get like four keys from and they're like from getting these secret drones that are in certain forges plus like um you have to run through the leviathan pretty much like you could solo leviathan and you have to destroy all the watchers that are in the, in the uh, underbelly oh i saw that that was one of the things you needed to do i didn't even think that you could do the leviathan by yourself yeah i got the code done by myself too it was due to it was uh, you have to like honestly you have to have the right gear on to do it you have to be like swift as hell especially if you're a hunter uh but i i got it done so i'm like at one of the last couple steps so i'm almost done there in terms of this season like uh I, i'm skipping the dawning i was trying to do it and then i was getting fed up because i was i realized i'm just basically fucking getting all these resources for a fucking sparrow that i'm not going to use so then I was like, no, fuck this. Just like last year, uh, the dawning, honestly, of like all of the different events, I'd say the dawning is probably the weakest still for the holiday shit, just because I just don't want to deal with grinding for a, a, a sparrow mm. specifically. Uh, so I'm working on like all the obelisk stuff. I finally got like to the entries for Saint 14, where you're basically like, uh, I think you're going to go through like recreated uh, parts of the past where you see like older versions of himself from the past so i'm excited to do that and then uh luna so my oldest pinnacle weapon still is uh because i got through most of the crucible ones previously uh the oldest one now besides like uh basically this season and the uh season of the undying pinnacle is my lunas hal one where you have to like get a shit ton of lunas hal kills in comp uh, basically just survival and then after that you have to reach the glory rank of legendary which is basically the top 
I finally finished the Luna's Howl kills. And the best part was, the season is still pretty fresh, I'd say. Um, like, it, it's going on all the way through, like, Febu like February, so, it, like, it's got a ways to go. Um, I'm already in Fabled 2 in Glory. So, I want to say there's, like, six, five, four to six hundred points, I, I want to say, like, six hundred points left, or something like that, and I'm going to basically reach Legendary, and I'll be done with it. Like, the, the survivalist stuff I'm running through right now, like, with the weapons I usually have and everything, I'm just, like, killing it in, like, the survivalist freelance shit. So, I'm excited to, honestly, like, get that done, get the Black Armor shit done, and get the uh, current season, like, quest stuff done for Saint-14. After that, I'm probably going to focus on um, the other Crucible pinnacles, and those freaking Gambit pinnacles are all annoying, because a lot of them are oriented around the medals and getting medals. And it actually, for some reason, the middle count for those, it, it takes forever. Like, it just feels like you're just kind of, like, I have, to, I have to honestly look and see what the easiest medals are and the most, like, easy quantity getting of them are just because that's what's uh, been stopping me from getting all the pinnacles for Gambit. But okay, that's enough of that. All right, so into the gaming news, uh, we have four pieces. So first off, uh, the honestly, personally, I think this is the coolest one. Vince Simpella. So you'll know him as basically Medal of Honor, Allied Assault, Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Titanfall. Basically, uh, he was he was the two found one of the two founders of Infinity Ward with uh, Jason West, and then uh, after they left, like they formed Respawn together until Jason had to leave, and now he's I think um, I heard he's at Epic, and then but Vince Pell has been in charge still. Uh, he is still, so he's still going to be in charge of, uh, he's still basically like the head of Respawn, even though EA owns them now, he's still in charge of that company, but uh, they have been doing so well, you know, with Fallen Order, Apex and everything, Titanfall in the past, like, they're right now they're the star developer of, him Him and his team, or, or him and his studio are the star developers of EA. Bauer is like, in, like, Bioware and DICE are not really what they used to be, at least in terms of, like, getting uh, giant masses happy about them and everything they're doing, like Anthem, Battlefield Five, uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two loot box issues, like, all that kind of stuff in the past, like, it's just not been going on well with them and everything going on, so... And plus Mass Effect Andromeda, like, it's basically, like, every, the, honestly, the last two games of each one have just not been working out, so... He's taking over Dice LA, so it's like kind of like a secondary Dice studio that really does more of an uh, support for the main studio in Sweden in Stockholm, and okay. he's now heading Dice LA as well, and it's gonna happen this year sometime. I'm not sure when, but basically the studio is gonna get a name change most likely, and there's already an unannounced game that's in the works. So I'm pretty excited about this because uh, he's basically saying this not it, Dice LA will no longer be a support company. It's going to be its own thing, and he's it's think of it like yo response about to have a little brother, but it's like a little brother that lives on his own, and he's adopted because of Dice and everything else. And I'm not making any sense now that I think about it. But basically, it's a cool standalone studio. It's gonna have that respawn touch, I feel like, with uh, Vincent Pella 
taking the reins, and it's just it's honestly a, a a very smart move on EA's part to give more control to respawn, more control to Vincent Pella in terms of like overseeing this stuff, just because like. Uh, can you think of a bad game from Respawn or any other game in the past that they've created when they were, like, Infinity Ward or anything? I mean, granted, they're, like, still, I would consider, a pretty recent studio, so they haven't had much time to have, like, a fuck-up. Well, I'll say they have four games out so far. But that's, like, fair. Like, that's a decent amount of games in just the short amount of time that they have been a studio. Yeah. And, like, yeah... I mean, I might have some issues with how they changed the multiplayer of uh, Titanfall 2 for, like, like just the multiplayer. But the campaign of that game was, like, one of the best shooter campaigns I've played in a while. I haven't played uh, Jedi Fallen Order yet, but I've only heard, like, mostly good things about it. Besides the, like, random, like, uh, engine fuck-ups and stuff like that. Or whatever. Glitches, I guess. But like, yeah, yeah you, you kind of you're, you're right there. They have basically nothing but good games under their belt so far. And it sounds like they'd probably be hiring. So, you know, just please, uh. take me, please. Honestly, like I, I, you guys don't know, but I'm basically trying to move on to where, where I'm currently at right now. Um, I won't delve into it, but uh, I'm not saying I'd leave Microsoft, but I'm like trying to move to a different area in Microsoft or go anywhere else. It's fine if anyone hears this, it's whatever, but that's what anyone thinks, honestly. So, uh, besides that, uh, this means, though, like, uh, there's still a leadership within Respawn that's going to be heading, like, specific games. So, like, Stig Asmussen, uh, director of uh, Jedi Fallen Order, will oversee narrative dr- the narrative-driven branch, so probably, like, more single-player-oriented stuff, like possibly a sequel to Fallen Order, or maybe, like... Um, if they're doing a story for the eventual Titanfall 3, things like that. Uh, Apex Legends is going to be uh, still overseen by Chad Grenier. And then the Medal of Honor Above and Beyond, the Oculus VR game, will be overseen by Peter Hirschman, who previously worked on the original Medal of Honor games with like uh, Infinity Ward when they were still at EA the first time. So uh, they all have pretty damn good leadership there. All good games, all good futures happening, but I'm excited to see what happens next, honestly. Uh, Next up, we got a couple things here from CES. Uh, Sony revealed the PlayStation 5 logo, and it looks exactly as you would expect it to look, because I don't really, you know, it just... Like, it's exactly what you'd expect, and I'm not complaining. It's just... It, the, the 5 and the S, you gotta make sure they look different. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I know they had to, I guess, reveal it at some point, but I just, I wasn't expecting it at CES, and I was expecting them to announce the logo, like, when they announced the console. I don't know, I just thought it was really odd that they're just like, yeah, here's a logo. Suck on that. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta shine <laughs> a little ankle, man. You gotta show a little ankle. Yeah, maybe that's gonna get do those, it. trying to those passerby is whistling for you. Yeah, but I don't that's know. It so it's like, I don't know. I just thought it was weird how big a news story it became because I was like, I kind of expected it to look like the what, like that, I guess. Yeah, no, it's it's literally nothing unexpected. It's just like, all right, someone I forget where I saw, it, but someone made a cool concept of what the boxes would look like instead of like um, 
the like the blue. I, I love the blue, honestly. I've always liked blue for Sony. Uh, and like the white but someone showed like black and white and i was like yo that looks pretty premium like i don't know it, it had like a more classy look to it it looked very i don't know it just looked very elitish which i kind of liked I, I i'd still be down for complete blue but like a, a white and black just sounds pretty superb i think it was like a white case with the black lettering instead of like blue with uh white lettering if that if that makes sense so that would be pretty yeah. that'd be pretty dope i just wasn't expecting them to go back to like spider-man 3 color or like letters hey man nothing's you don't talk shit about the best spider-man movie okay it's fucking you know like, peter for the win man i still laugh thinking about like when i realized that the playstation 3 like lettering was like the same exact font as spider-man 3 or it's just Spider-Man in general. And I was just like, wait, Sony owns both of these. Did they do that yes. on purpose? <laughs> and then uh, as for Microsoft, they revealed, uh, or at least it seems like it's a possible final product of the One X uh, ports. So there's six. There's going to be two. So this is interesting. Two uh, USB-C ports that are going to be in the back now. Instead of that's two good. USB ports. USB-C is pretty great. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Um, I honestly don't have much stuff that's USB-C, so I'm kind of like, I guess maybe my stuff's old now. I'm not really sure. I'm like questioning now what I have. I'm like, oh, what the hell do I have here? Uh, and then uh, two HDMI ports, kind of like the same as the Xbox One. So yeah. nothing new there. I'm and then of course one in, one out. Yeah, something like that. And then uh, Ethernet port, of course. you got to have that. Yeah. Oh, uh, seven, sorry, seven ports because of the optical output. Uh, that you definitely need and then uh usb a or regular usb like original usb uh, uh, will be in the front again still which i mean honestly you should always have a usb if there was no usb at all then i'd kind of be like why wouldn't you like why, why would you take one out you should at least have one which they do so that's that's nice wait if it's gonna be on the front then does that mean that that's gonna be that their uh controller charging cables are gonna be the old usb style i uh, know the controllers are you didn't hear controllers are gonna be usb-c that's what I thought. It's like almost everything is trying to be USB C now, just to make yeah. But they just don't want, they don't want to completely isolate if you have a USB, you know. Uh, okay, I see. Which because that's what I was saying. Like I would actually uh, be kind of I'd be slightly salty if there was no USB A. Maybe it being on the front is for like like a memory stick, so you could just like transfer. Yeah, save I mean files it could be like a flash drive or something. Yeah, because I mean like the what that that slight like uh, from the back to the front when you have like a wire or something coming through or something like that. Like, it's not going to make that big of a difference in terms of it being yeah. in the back instead of the front. So, it, uh, I don't think that matters. All right. So, um, besides that, really, um, I don't think much other news was there except for, like, uh, there's, like, the AMD logo with, like, 8K, which we already knew. Like, I think PS5 and Xbox One Series X will both have, uh, not Xbox One Series X, fucking god, <laughs> damn names. Uh, the Xbox, the SX... Sec, the xbox sex is gonna have like uh 8k same with the ps5 so yeah yeah i was really confused by the wording of that they said it's the video chip is like engraved with 8k i'm like what the fuck does that even mean it means um means they got tattoos okay i don't know so i can why don't they what i don't know they'll, they'll, they'll probably <laughs> show like a shit ton of stuff at e3 uh, which we'll talk about actually right after this news piece. So next up, uh, this, 
I was like, yo, cool, wait, what? Uh, it was like a, kind of like a, that's tight, and then I kind of did a double take going, but really? So, Datalic Entertainment uh, is making a Lord of the Rings game, but it's a Lord of the Rings, the, the game is Lord of the Rings Gollum. Yeah, I heard that. I was really confused by that. Because I was like, why Gollum? Yeah. And he's basically, so here's the interesting, there's a couple interesting things here. First off, coming in 2021, uh, basically next gen. So PS5, uh, SX, and PC. Or Xbox. Fuck. Just goddamn names. All just right. call it Xbox. I just call it <laughs> Xbox. Fuck it. I just, man, I fucking work for this. this is so fucking... I don't know, man. Anyway, I just... The same thing happens at work. Uh, I'm just gonna hate it. Um, the interesting thing here is quoted by... Uh, who's this? M- Matthias Fisher or Maddie, Mattias Fisher? I think Matthias. Uh... T- in a conversation with Edge, he's the art director, he said, um, quote, Tolkien didn't give a size reference for Gollum to begin with, so in the first illustrations he's gigantic, he's like a monster emerging from a swamp, so uh, they're going to invent their own version of Gollum that basically will diverge from the Peter Jackson style, that you kind of see like that Gollum in the movies, of course, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, uh, even in Shadow of the Shadow series, like Mortar and yeah. War and things like that. So you've kind of had like the same style for Gollum throughout everything, even if well, things aren't necessarily related to the movies where his look originated from. So it sounds like he won't be some quivering small thing possibly in this game. Um, I'm sure in maybe at E3 at the soonest... And that's at the soonest. Otherwise, it probably won't be like until like next fall or something. We'll probably see what he looks like. Um, but uh, he doesn't. He doesn't look like Andy Circus. Uh, but we'll see what it. Uh, Data looks take on Gollum. So this is actually from an IGN article I'm reading. So this is from IGN. Uh, Data looks take on Gollum has you play him. Has you play him at as he's deep into his corruption by the One Ring can face a different set of emotions than those seen in the films so he's more sympathetic and relatable this is important you'll be like you'll be spending 20 or so hours with him uh well apparently the game will also have nazgul in it and i'm not really sure exactly what that will entail because obviously gollum and like the usual dark forces of Sauron and shit don't get along. Like in at least in the books and the movies, they capture him and torture him for information on the ring's yeah. location. So we'll see exactly what that means. Though, like, um, the, I mean, I don't know that much about like the extended lore of like the Lord of the Rings outside of the the books and the Hobbit. Like, I haven't read the Silmarillion or anything, but I can like imagine. Like we got some bits of information from Lord of the Rings about how Gollum came to the ring or how, how he came upon the ring. But like, we don't really get much information about how he ended up like under the mountain or whatever that Bilbo found him in or whatever. Cause he had been there for a while. So like, maybe the story is like the Nazgul are trying to find the ring and bring it back to Sauron and Gollum has to like escape them and ends up like hiding under the mountain forever. I don't know. 
I just feel like Gollum's not a very sympathetic character. I, I've like never. I mean, I, the whole thing, though, of course, like Gollum's cool and everything, but he's not like a character from the books or the movies that I would be like someone that I'd want to care about following like too much. Like, I get yeah. he's a fan favorite to many, but I'm I've always been that guy that's like, yo, elves and fucking Gondor and shit. Like, give me some, give me some Knights of Dolomroth. Give me those Swan Knights, man. If you don't know what that means, read the books, you pleb. So, uh, next up, though, uh, E3, Sony, not happening, baby. So, uh, Sony's not coming to E3, they've confirmed, and they're saying, uh, just one thing I'm gonna say, basically they're saying, like, we, they respect, uh, like, basically the ESA organization and everything else, but they have to focus on making sure fans feel part of the PlayStation family, blah, blah, blah. So basically, like, uh, E3's great and all, but we're gonna do something else not like last year. So, here's the thing. Last year was more of like a lull. They didn't need to. They didn't have anything to show. I'm not really sure what they would have done there anyway. Because they're just, like they're reaching the end of their shelf life there. And now, they're coming at the tail end. Uh, there's not much to show left anymore for PS4. Like, it's really just Last of Us 2 and uh, Ghost of Tsushima. But, this just means, yo. It, it, the last part of their quote we are truly looking forward to a year of celebration with our fans because of the upcoming launch of like playstation 5 title the upcoming titles of uh, ps4 i'm thinking they're gonna do a similar event that they did when they revealed the ps4 and its lineup uh most likely but i think it's gonna be bigger so i think it's gonna be some crazy. honestly i'm hoping and i'm thinking because i really want to go to this if they do it is they do some crazy fucking basically playstation experience like they've done before but Dude, I would just, love it. just bigger, because it's going to be like, hey, here's the full PS5 reveal. Hey, come and try it out. Dude, that would be, like, the fucking... I, I, if it's fucking would... LA, Chicago, I will travel there. I will say, fuck it, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go do this. Dude, like, I only went to PSX, like, one year, and that was, like, a pretty fun experience. And that's, like, probably the first convention-style experience I've been to. Yeah, when they were in San Francisco. Really... Oh, my God. Yeah. That was tight. Yeah, and like, I like I missed the, uh, uh, got the showcase that they did before the show. I just like mostly did the walking the floor and stuff like that. Oh yeah, you came after. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was like sick or whatever. You're always but, like, sick. Yeah, <laughs> it was like that year. You're just I'd be like, yeah. hey yo, what's up? You coming? And you're like, yeah. And it'd be like, yo, I ain't coming. And be like, yeah. Nah, shit. I've gotten better, but like, yeah, there was a while where just like. Either I was, like, physically ill or just, like, like worried about being physically ill, which made me physically ill. So, uh, it was, like, going you out. You were your own worst virus. Oh, absolutely. And you needed to be purged. <laughs> but quick example, guys. I, was, to- I, I got I to do it, man. I'm sorry. It was like, yo, episode seven, when it was about to come out, they are like, yo, you want to watch all seven movies in the theater? And I'm like, James, you in? And you're like, yo, I'm so down, so I get the tickets. It sounded cool, but and like... I, it starts out like, God, it was some terrible time at night. So, it honestly, it's awesome because it's like the only time ever I've had a chance to see like the original trilogy in theaters. So I'm like in there, and I'm like, yo, where are you at? And you're like, oh, I might come later on for the originals, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you when I can make it. I'm not feeling too well. I'm like, alright, alright. So... I fucking go into the theater and I'm there and I'm like awake for Phantom Menace and then halfway through like Attack of the Clones towards like the beginning of Revenge of the Sith 
I just, I'm like, oh, I can't help right attack. <laughs> Fucking knockout. I knocked out in the middle of these two movies. And I wake up and I'm like, oh shit, oh Anakin is fucking killing the kids again, I see you nasty son of a bitch. And then uh, I'm like, oh, what's James up to? And I'm like, hey, so you coming in? And you're like, oh, I'm coming to the movie 7. And I'm like, the f- the f- hey, it's just me here. <laughs> and then I proceed to get, that actually, I got sick. I went to fucking Mel's drive-in, and that's when I had, like, this weird reaction to eggs whenever I didn't kick them myself. For some reason, they got me sick. I'm like, ah, I should be fine this time. So I get, like, eggs, and then I got sick, and I'm just, like, in the original trilogy, just, like, my stomach wants to kill me. But I'm like, it's the original trilogy. I'll be damned if I leave anything here. So I'm just, like, dying, but I'm like, oh, oh, but it's so beautiful in the theater. Oh, and then... And then we watched episode seven. You came, you came for that because it was like I basically died throughout like the night through the day, and then the night of the next day came, and that's when you came. And I'm like, how's well, it going? I was like, I, I kind of still remember that. I still wasn't feeling well for episode seven, but I was like, I'm not like I'm gonna just like force myself to sit through seven, even though I feel terrible, like because I'm not gonna waste like the entire like like ticket that Comer got me. That would be not good. <laughs> but okay, so I'm excited to see what happens. But now we're going to switch up to uh, m- shows and a couple movies. So, James, you and I have watched pretty much all three of the same shows. So we'll, we'll run much. through those. Uh, first off was Watchmen. Yeah, finally Dude. got around to finishing that. Personally, I would say it's probably... Um, it's... I would say tied with like the the final season of Legion as the best show of the year. Um, it does a lot where it for me it did not feel similar. What's like it just felt like its own thing, completely separate oh, yeah. from everything Watchmen, from everything, every media, uh, every version, because there's actually multiple now. But it worked, and then of course the best part i would say my fa- my favorite thing was just jeremy irons as osmondias yeah i thought it was really interesting like the entire time like when he's in that weird british castle or whatever i was just like there's something off about this like th- something doesn't seem right he's and naked I'm- with a woman just like getting him ready for his day and i'm just like uh well osmondias is that you <laughs> Like, I thought at first that he had, like, built himself, like, robot servants or whatever, because they seemed, like, sort of not completely human or whatever. And, like, he seemed bored. Like, he'd been in a routine for a while, and I thought maybe robots. And, like, I was right about the routine thing, but, like, do do we want to get into spoilers? Uh, I guess not. Uh, I will refrain from actually yeah, like everything we'll talk about we'll okay. keep it short spoiler free just for the hell of it so like I guess without spoilers like when you do find out exactly what's going on like where exactly Osmondeus is that was a pretty interesting reveal like how he gets out of there was even more interesting and like the whole backstory with like what was her name Lady True? Lady True, yeah, yeah, like there yeah, was. Some... There's there's a lot of new characters in this. 
for yeah. sure. Like there's uh, Lady True. There's uh, the honestly the protagonist of the show is great, Sister Knight. Oh yeah, she was amazing. Because uh, the whole thing is like in this world, there's not really any costumed heroes anymore. It's more of, ironically, costumed police because yeah. of a massacre that occurs. Which I thought with, there's, was super There's like two massacres in the show, but there's a there's a police one. So then they they protect I- their identities. You'll learn it very early on. I won't go into it more. But basically, like uh, you have the Seventeenth Cavalry, which is the or Seventh Cavalry. I forget. It's it's something with the yeah. Seven. But they're... it's basically all these dudes that wear Rorschach masks, and they're like spiritual successors to the KKK. Basically, yeah. And uh, it's it's funny too because if I remember correctly, d- did Rorschach's notebook get out in this one? I don't know because like, but yeah, or if it, it did, only yeah, right? No, because I I am pretty sure there was a line in one of the episodes where uh, they were talking about the calvary the seventh calvary and that they like quote some of rorschach's journal but they like write it off as like oh rorschach was a madman whatever yeah uh, but the seventh calvary basically perverts his message and meaning and kind of just like dishonor his legacy by basically a bunch of racist dudes wearing his mask and killing yeah uh the the characters themselves that were freaking awesome you had returning characters of course just like I won't spoil it too much. I'll just say, like, you, you, Jeremy Irons is Ozzy Mendoza. Like, that's not a spoiler. If you didn't know that was him... No, like, that that becomes pretty clear, like, pretty early on in the show, that he's, like, who he sh- could be. Because otherwise, they're just, like, talking about this random dude in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and Silk Spectre comes in. Uh, Lori, she's, like, a vigilante hunter for the FBI. Yeah, that I didn't expect, but I thought that was interesting. She's, like works for the FBI now. Yeah, her her story when you when she jumps into it and the reason why she's in the city that this show takes place in which is Tulsa, Oklahoma of all places. Uh which you're uh, just kind of like, "Oh, I didn't expect that. It's literally like a city in the middle smack dab in the middle of the country because Oklahoma's like in the the state that's in the middle of the country." By uh, the way, that yeah. like one of the two riots that you talked about, the one that like started the show. Oh, the Tulsa riot. That's a real thing. That happened. I mean, not probably not to that extent with like the airplane flying over and like air raiding people and stuff like that. I'm not but, like, surprised whatsoever that that happened. Like, uh, but that's yeah, that's literally one of the reasons why I started watching the show was like last quarter I was taking American studies and the professor was like, "Hey, has anyone watched like this new Watchmen show?" And I was like, "Why? Why is my professor talking about that new Watchmen show?" He's like, "Yeah, so apparently they started the show with like." a really graphic representation of, like, a real racial, like, moment in American history, like, the Tulsa race riots. And, like, she basically was saying, like, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but now I'm more interested in the show because it, like, apparently deals with, like, racial history. And this show really does go into it. It does, and it's honestly, like, that's what makes it so standalone compared to the rest. Like, it it doesn't, um... So, with this show, it takes... It's a sequel to the comic book. It, it's not related to the movie. Yeah, the comic, not the movie. Because the, they don't go the with, like, the comics that doctor- come out after, there, there's actually yeah. another timeline uh, that actually crosses over with DC Comics. And yeah. that's, like, a separate timeline completely from this one. Um, both of them are really great, but they're completely different. Like, completely. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one, though, uh, it was, odd. like, I really liked it. I liked the messages it was sending and everything else. Uh, like I said, Sister Knight, like, was fucking superb. 
And I would say the only character I think I liked more was um, Looking Glass, which you'll learn about he him was more. Interesting. I wanted more of the fucking uh, what was his name, Red Scare, or Red oh, Menace, yeah. whatever his name is. <laughs> fuck you, fuck. He's uh, you'll, basically you'll, like a Russian dude in like a like the sweatsuit and like a red mask. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. It's so great. Oh, and there's a panda. I'm not going to explain what. You're just going to... Now oh, you know there's a panda. That was You'll see what hilarious. that means eventually. Uh, I'm going to say panda and lube. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. You don't know what those mean. You'll see. Uh, that lube thing, like, never came back? I'm just not... I'm not going to... Yeah, just... Uh, they'll find out. Uh, so, one thing I will say real fast. Uh, it was interesting that um, a couple of my friends brought it to me, my attention, and I didn't think about it until they said it, but they are like, yeah, you know, it's funny just because... It's like this is it's great in representation everything, but you could also tell like you could see just see how like Warner Brothers is just uh, using exploitation to like garner, and like in these days and times and like kind of using it to gain more support and make more money off of it by kind of integrating more racial um, tensions within it. Maybe Does that makes sense. Um, I, it doesn't honestly. I would say it doesn't diminish the show whatsoever because it, it still remains scary. It's like the same thing with like uh, I'd say like Black Landsman. Honestly, like they're yeah. they're in the same boat. Like again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory with it, but when you finally like are shown who the man in the wheelchair is, like that was a fucking good episode. Yeah, and oh god, that was a good episode. Yeah. Uh, some crazy fucking shit. So yeah, that's that's Watchmen. Um, like I said, it's awesome. Take we watch it. That's why we don't want to spoil it, and we want to spoil the next thing we're talking about, which is The Witcher. Uh, this yeah. I would. This is definitely one of the top shows for me. Um, it was a lot better than I was expecting. Yeah, I I really really enjoyed it. Henry Cavill just dude that dude, that dude's just he's he's such he's just so dude. swell. He's so yeah. swell. He like and he's swole. Dude, he looks and sounds just like Geralt from the game. Fuck. It's like, That's like, oh god, it's just that was every time he did that. Especially, I'm not gonna say exactly what what's going on, but at the um, uh, at the celebration when uh the what what is it the the something surprise the oh uh, yeah. and then it's like something something throw up and then he's just like fuck and then he just leaves yeah that oh my god that was the funniest shit ever uh they they do such a good job with this show because they don't hold anything back they just show whatever they want and it just it's fucking it's it's good i was confused for a while because I didn't know there were... They, they do a thing in it. Uh, this isn't really much of a spoiler, I don't think. The timeline? Not really. It's it's like... It's told non-linearly. It's like... Because I, I didn't... I haven't read the books. I want to. It's like on my queue somewhere. Uh, uh, Daniel but, read them. Or at least a few of them. He said they were just like, okay. I still want to take a look. But basically, they're supposed to be like short... Some A lot of them are short stories. So think of it as like adventures that are somewhat more or less standalone in certain ways and it's just like kind of these characters going through a lot of stuff and that's kind of how this is for certain parts um the bard james dude like he's so funny toss a coin to your witcher yeah not only is that song great but like there's an episode where he's just like winds up 
finding like I guess he like just runs into Geralt or whatever, and Geralt's just like fishing in the in the river or whatever. He's like, so what's been going on there? He's like, I can't sleep. I'm trying to find a gin. I know he's here somewhere. He's like, okay. But basically, like, what made me laugh about that scene was like, basically, Geralt makes a comment about his like the bard singing being not great. He's like, okay, you know what? We're gonna finally do this. What is your opinion of my music? And he's like, it's like ordering a pie and then finding it has no filling. And it's just like the the look of utter like hurt on his face. Oh, you just was he so was so just funny. It's so good. Like honestly, the best guys, guys, the best representation of these two characters together. Like it's the best. Uh, everything with the Enifer is amazing. Everything with Siri oh, is yeah. amazing. And when any characters interact, I love it. Especially also the fucking warrior queen. She's fucking awesome. Dude, she was uh, badass. Yeah, she was fucking. She was. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" She's crazy. I love it. Um, lion, the lioness. Yeah, straight up. But the, the the Witcher and the fucking Bard is the best relationship in this show. And the best thing is someone made a meme, and it's spot on. Where they took two characters from Parks and Rec. Oh yeah, they took. That was so um, funny. <laughs> They it's, took it's Ron like Swanson sh- yeah. and made him look exactly like the Witcher. And I they don't know took, how they did that. They took John Ralphio, and it's just John Ralphio there being like in his face, being like like sing, doing the stupid John Ralphio <laughs> <Yeah>. sing. <laughs> and I'm like, that is the most accurate shit I have ever seen. That is so perfect. Yeah. And I can't unsee it. But also, like, John Ralphio, and like, literally, those are the two best characters in the parks and in, in that show, for sure. I mean, I know it's it's sad to say, like, for John Ralphio over all the other actual developed characters, but you just have this dude that comes in and is like, I'm the worst! And it's, <laughs> he's just, like, the worst. He's just, you fucking love it. He's, like, the best scumbag you've seen in your entire life. It's it's wonderful. But the show, show is honestly really great. I want to see... It, it left me wanting more. Like, uh, I'll say this. Back, backtrack for a second. Watchmen, where it ends... I'm not going to say how it ends, but it ends where it can, it's, it just kind of, it, it ties a ribbon or it yeah. ties a bow and you, if you feel like it's finished, you could go further if they want to, but they don't have to. Yeah. And I, I don't know I if actually, they will. I actually would rather them just leave it where it is. I'm fine it with it. I, a great story. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm fine with them continuing. I'm fine with them not. Like, I'm not going to lose sleep if they don't. If they do, I just would say, I hope it's. It, it's as good as the first season if not better yeah uh where's the witcher the witcher ended and i'm just like give me more more i need more and it's just oh god it's it's so fucking good and i don't know why people keep comparing it to game of thrones because it's like oh it's fantasy and there's sex and politics and it. shit it's and just like swords and fantasy it's not the same because it's so much more like there's only three characters you're following and it's not changing number or anything else, and it just, it, also, it's not, like, crazy scale or style like that at all. It's just well, its own for thing. me, the main focus of Game of Thrones, or, like, this, the Song of Ice and Fire world, like, it's barely a fantasy world. Like, it's mostly medieval, it's not Earth, and there are, like, pl- like magic does exist. Yeah. But almost no one knows how to use it, like... Dragons were extinct for a long ass time. Well, not that long, I guess. <laughs> but like, long in the for their Witcher, though, 
And, and like also, like I guess there were sort of elves at one point, if you count like the children of the forest. But like the Witcher, there's straight up like elves and dwarves and like fucking manticores and shit. People are racist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I do actually find that really interesting. That in all other high fantasy, elves are like the most perfect beings. Or whatever. in this one, they're like they're honestly like American Indians. Yeah, like no, everyone gives elves shit. In, in we the stole universe. your land. Fuck you. And that's, yeah, yeah like, that's, that's it. Like no one respects elves, and like that's why the like the one elf you meet in the show, who's like a doctor or whatever, like he's immediately thrown into prison just for like being associated, or like people think he might be related to a crime or whatever. Because yeah, like, he was fuck he's, him, he's literally just a medic, and then, yeah, they're like, you go to jail, and he's like, huh? It's like he was trying to help someone who was injured, and they were like. You must have done it. It's like, what? <laughs> I'm a doctor, you fool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like, it, j- definitely watch this one. Uh, it's great. Uh, I would definitely say, honestly, these two shows are so standalone and they're not that long. It's like 10, 10 episodes for Watchmen, eight episodes for Witcher. Yeah. Like, you, you literally can't go wrong. Just, just do it. Just do it. Uh, and then lastly, do it. Uh, for the shows, uh, Lost in Space season two came out. Uh, it felt a lot. Sh- I don't know why it felt shorter than the first season. I think yeah, it's it went by be- really fast. Yeah, it, it was. It's it was speedy, which I wasn't complaining too much, just because I was like at first I was I put it up for a second in one episode and watched it one night, and then I somehow binged the rest like a day later, and I was just like, how did you do that? Uh, the it, I would say though, in terms of what's going on, it it, it stayed for the most part on the same level i would say slightly lower just because you didn't have as many dynamics with like other characters for the most part um yeah i don't know i thought the dr z stuff was more interesting in the first season where like no one knows that she's not the doctor yeah and in this well this one she's more like uh yeah she she, it's more of like uh her redemption in this season to an extent and then you're also finding out more of her sins especially when yeah the, the daughter of her sins keeps showing up yeah. and going hi and she's like <laughs> yeah, oh, I, oh, oh shit i did like that that they showed that like she does have at least some remorse for the things that she does when she's confronted with them because like there is like i do like that you get some flashbacks of like her previous life on earth or whatever yeah to get some context for like why she is the way she is and there was a moment where she's like basically her sister's confronting her about like scamming people all the time and she's like why do you care we don't know who any of these people are like i've literally never been seen any of these people just like i just scam them for money and it works and no one has to worry about it next and thing that- you know do you did you know my dad oh yeah <laughs> and, like, like that's the thing because uh- <laughs> like in the in like literally the first episode of the first season she kills the real dr z and takes his place and it's not exactly spoilers, but, like, at some point in this season, she finally... Didn't he wake like, back up in this season? What? Didn't he wake back? He, no, he was in cryosleep. And then, like, she woke him up and stole his, like, little, um, data thing that was in his hand. She blew him out of an airlock. That wasn't him. Wasn't it? No, that was the security guy. What? Yeah. Dude, Dr. Z Doctors- was in season two. No, that was in season one. Okay, she was so, impersonating Doctor Z the entire first season. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying when 
all that shit happens when she's being interrogated like the first time. One of the she does that to the guard and then launches the guard off into space for Doctor Z when she when they come back to the uh, the main um, ship. I forget what it's called. She remember when everyone like they they don't know where the robot is on the ship. Yeah, and they're kind of freaking out, and she gets out and starts doing her own thing where she's like, "Oh, I gotta erase my stuff so they don't catch me." She basically goes and finds the doctor in the cryo sleep, wakes him up slightly just to get that like chip that's in his hand, take it out and put it in her. So it, basically, when they scan her, it identifies her as the doctor. Oh, I must have missed that because I yeah, it was in the episode with the horse. Huh. The horse on the ship, not the horse in the desert. Yeah, no, weird. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, what, sh- what you talking about, Willis? Man, I guess it's just been a while since I watched the first season, because I thought the bad guy that she blew out the airlock was... No, nah, I was just yeah. a guard, and then... But that the is guard. the guy that she... Yeah, the daughter of the guard. Uh, okay, so... Yeah. Okay, then it's not Dr. Z that she killed, but she killed some guy, and that's like the first time she's actually seen the person that she has done harm to and now like she gets confronted with like the daughter of the person that she killed and she's like oh shit things have actions have consequences yeah so it's interesting that like for the first time she's actually confronted with her consequences she like flips out yeah like she actually doesn't have full control of herself yeah. And then uh, the other, the family themselves, I thought, were done well. Uh, it's really just them progressing to, like, we got to get the fuck out of here and get back to everyone else, too. We got to stop everyone else from fucking things up. <laughs> I do uh, appreciate that they, they somehow throw each member of the family into a, like, situation where I'm consistently, like, how in the hell do they get out of this? And yeah, they it's, somehow each one has do. their own trials and tribulations or their own personal arcs where it's, like, uh, the biggest one for, um, shit, which one was Judy? Judy's the medic. So Judy's arc, uh, like, the biggest part was kind of her connection with her father, I would say. And yeah. also, like, you kind of see her, like, uh, she doesn't flourish when she comes back because she's been more self-reliant and evolving on her own than to come back and just kind of deal with, like, protocol and, the- and uh, chain of command shit. And she's like, I don't want to yeah. do this. But it's, like, the, the relationship with their father and everything that happens between them, like, when he gets injured and everything, uh, that would like that was, like, the high point of her for the season. Yeah, um, seeing how their father-daughter relationship bloomed, like, oh, back on Earth was, like, a really touching story arc, honestly. Whereas the parents were more for, like, the uh, mutiny and the uprising and whatnot. Uh, that was, like, kind of their primary thing for the season. Yeah. And then, uh, of course... Uh, Will was, uh, Will's was getting the robot back, of course. Uh, that was really it. Yeah. And then, um, what was the other daughter's name? Penny. Penny. Uh, hers was the whole kind of relationship with Dr. Z and getting. I that was interesting. Yeah, it was. It was because she's like, you're just like me, but she was more of like the one that's undoing her and kind of like, I'm on to you. But also, like, I'm, I feel like you can be redeemed because I actually interact with you and treat you like a person still kind of compared to, like, her mom. And it really does pay off in the end. Like, it, it kind of, like, she, she does turn her to an extent. And I really, really like that. And I honestly like this show. Uh, like, 
I forget the the movie appeared on Netflix and I watched the movie and it's so aged. Oh, like you have yeah. fucking um, you have Joey from Friends as the as the the hotshot yeah. pilot, and I'm just like yes, yes, this movie this movie's fucking ridiculous, perfect. And uh, this one it's just a lot more fleshed out. It's fifty times better in terms of quality. The other one's just so campy '90s ridiculous that it's a fun time. But this this has honestly been consistently good. I don't really say it too much just because Netflix, like, I don't know, their stuff is usually hit and miss now, to be honest, like with certain shows. And I don't watch everything that comes out nowadays just because there's a lot of stuff I miss if it's not on cable because those ones I feel so much more inclined to kind of stay up with since it's like episodic releases in reverse to like, oh, it's always there and the entire season's there. I can do it at any time, so I might not until later. But I would say the current... I would the the current evolution or state of Netflix, um, I would say Lost in Space is at the top along with like Castlevania and now possibly like the the Witcher in terms of like shows I'm always looking yeah, forward to. It's definitely one of their top tier shows, just yeah. in terms of like writing and like set design, just like overall production quality is like fucking insane. Yeah, and then uh, I got two movies I'm gonna run through fast. Uh, I watched the Jane and Silent Bob reboot uh or like the remake reboot i forget what it's called but the reboot uh i saw it at the fox theater in oakland so it's like an actual place where you can watch like performances uh comedians uh like basically artists stuff like that and they showed it like on a small big screen it's like a big screen but small compared to the venue so you're like the audio without the audio you'd feel so displaced uh if the audio wasn't that loud as it was and the movie itself was very like you know it's kevin smith and Jason Mewes and everything else. If you don't like their, like, the movies like Clerics, uh, Mallrats, and things like that, you would not like this whatsoever. But if you're... This isn't like their movies like Tusk and Red State and fucking Yoga Hosers. Like, he goes... Kevin Smith goes back to, like, the original, like, View Askew and uh, Universe with, like, Jay and Silent Bob and everything else. And this one's just like... Hey, remember that one-time movie when they... they it was about Jay and Silent Bob and they find out that the comic that they were based off of or the comic that's based off of them is getting a movie and they're like oh we got to stop this movie from happening now it's like oh here's that movie's getting a remake and now we have to go stop that movie from happening because the the studio saban the fucking power Rangers studio took the rights to their names so now they can't be named jane salad bob anymore oh that's funny <laughs> and um the best part is uh, the Bluntman and Chronic reboot is supposed to... It's starring Val Kilmer as Bluntman and uh, Melissa Benoist as uh, Chronic. So it's basically uh, the second Batman... The, the Val Kilmer Batman, Tim Burton... Bat, uh, the Tim Burton Val Kilmer Batman and fucking Supergirl. And I'm just like, what? And they're just like, I won't go too much into it, but it's just like a bunch of people getting high. Uh, the whole thing about it, like the main plot of this though is that uh jay has a daughter with um i forget what her real name was i just oh, remember yeah. him calling her boo boo kitty fuck <laughs> but yeah. they basically have a love child so he it's like kind of like uh who's played by kevin smith's daughter which is funny oh, uh so funny. like they go on like a road trip and there's all these adventures there's so many cameos which after kevin smith and jason muse came out and talked to the audience so he talked to us and because they're like touring this and we, we were there for a good hour and a half, I'd say. Like, the questions Kevin was answering, it was so great listening to them talk. It was, like, really, really fun. And I basically found out a lot of shit about Clerks 3. 
and Mallrats 2 and what they're about and everything else. But Kevin Smith is like, yeah, once you have a heart attack, everyone feels bad for you and starts uh, telling you they care and everything. And then you use that to guilt them into coming <laughs> into your movie. And that's why there's so many fucking cameos in this movie. It's ridiculous. But that's funny. Um, I'm not going to talk about Clerks 3 and Mallrats 2 yet i want to but i might save it for now just because i don't even know like they didn't want us to record in there so i don't know if they want us to talk about it i feel like it doesn't matter at the same time like i feel like if they said it they, they know we'll say it somewhere else if you but didn't I'll sign just... an nda you're good yeah i didn't at all uh but i'm gonna save it for now uh i'll talk about it some other time i'm gonna st- i will talk about it just not just yet uh but the, pl- the the plot for clerks 3 sounds pretty awesome and he's about halfway done with the script for Mallrats 2. So it's, it's pretty dope. And then uh, last movie I saw, which was not really in the funny sense whatsoever, was 1917. And holy shit, it dethroned Joker as best picture. Yeah? I'm yeah. hearing good things about it. it, it it's going to get best picture, best cinematography now, and best director, which is all the things I thought Joker was going to get. But Joker is still going to get best performance, of like best uh, actor uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix for sure. But the cinematography, like, it literally looks like you're only, there's only two shots for the whole fucking movie. Like, the, the camera sticks with those characters the entire time, and it's so just consistently smooth. There's no switch of frames, perspectives, any, like, it just sticks. It's, like, Sam Mendes and his uh, camera team were fucking phenomenal in this. And what happens in this film isn't, it's crazy. It's, like, based on a true story, but, like... The sound design itself, too, was fucking amazing. I I got it. It's like, this movie... I'm like, I want this movie to win so much stuff. And it sucks, too, because I love Joker in terms of, like, the quality of that film. But this movie, like, dude, it got me so emotional at certain... It got me... Not like... I'm not, like, bawling my eyes out, but, like, it had me tearing up at certain points because of what happens and what you see. And just kind of, like, how small of a scale of the perspective of, like, these soldiers with like this world war one going on around them and it's just oh god it's so much and i really think anyone that can go watch a movie right now should go see if they're if whatever's in theaters right now just don't fucking waste your time with star wars go watch this or go watch parasite or go watch joker if those movies are still in theaters those are the three movies you should watch right now because those movies are fucking phenomenal um and it's so hard because Honestly, too, Parasite was f- superb. It's a foreign film that, if America, if it, if the, if Hollywood tries to remake it because it's a Korean film, it's just an insult because that movie is so amazing. It should be up there for everything else too. Best picture, best director, uh, just best. Uh, I think it still should win best screenplay for sure. It should win best screenplay for that movie specifically. And all three of these movies are just so well done as films, as, like, works of art, that you're just like, god damn, this is great. And 1917, like, they have a couple, like, you'll notice some actors that you'll know, but they're not, like, the primary centerpiece of this film. Uh, they're just part of these two, two soldiers' uh, journey to get to... Um, Basically, like, the, the plot of the movie is, this isn't like a big, this is like what you see in the trailer. Uh, this soldier's older brother is in another battalion, and their battalion's basically going to charge these retreating Germans 
and it's a trap. So basically, like they're saying, sixteen hundred men will die if they do this charge, and they had this character and his and one of his uh, one of his friends have to be basically the messengers to go through multiple like front lines and whatnot to get or like multiple enemy line like you have to go through enemy lines other lines it's just like journeying through to get to this battalion and tell them not to attack or else everyone will die including the one of the character's brothers basically yeah and like i saw that on the great. trailer and it just sounded like crazy intense it is it, it really is and like anything that happens like i need to watch it again and uh my friend told me like his uh it's hard to go to a theater that has Dolby Atmos, which is, like, basically the best sound setup you can possibly get. Like, a screen's a screen, but when you have the sound really, really hitting you from all around, above you, below you, everything, like, it, it just really, really puts you into it. And he told me, like, when a gunshot went off, like, you just kind of freaked out in the theater. Like, that's how fucking intense and captivating it was. So I do want to see it again there, just because I've been watching everything at the Alamo lately. Uh, so now that I have that fucking season pass, so I want my money's worth. But uh, the Metreon's like the only place in the city that has an Atmos theater, so I might go into there and watch it again at some point before it's out. But okay, on to the movie news and TV news. We're going to blast through this real fast, just because we're coming up on an hour 15. Um, first off, so <laughs> guess what, everybody? The Uncharted movie that we've been waiting for, which has had... It's on its sixth director, which was uh, the current one, Travis Knight. He directed Bumblebee, which I was actually excited for him to take reins of it. Uh, has now <laughs> dropped out of the movie because of scheduling issues. So now we're down the sixth director of the Uncharted movie. Uh, just keep in mind, they did say Sony did say um, they're still on. They're still keeping to the current schedule they have for filming and everything else for the film and release date. I think, or they don't have a release date out, but basically. Filming and everything, they still have a full... They're not delve, They're not uh, diving away from it or anything. And Tom Holland will still be playing a young Nathan Drake, with Mark Wahlberg playing a playing Sully, his mentor. I just feel like it's weird... Yeah, excuse me. Uh, I just feel like it's weird that, like, at least as far as Sony's concerned, it's more important for them to lock in Tom Holland as a character, as an actor, than, like, get a director to actually shoot the movie. Yeah. But, so, here's the thing. Uh, now they're... Uh, it sounds like they there's a good chance they'll be getting a seventh director who will be, uh... Ruben Flesher. Uh, if you don't know him, he directed Venom, and he previously directed Zombieland. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, fuck it, just do it. Just fucking make this movie, dude. Get it out. Uh, it sounds like I don't like, see anything wrong with him. Like, Any director will work, whatever. <laughs> no, but he, he just just do it. Just do it. Zombieland, perfect. Uncharted? Yeah, that, that actually that works. That works. That works fine. Just do it. He actually might fuck, be, if, fuck, he, if that's, done. yeah, if he's usually doing shit like uh, Zombieland in tone, like, that actually might be a good idea for uh, Uncharted, if I think about it. And then um, this is pretty much tweet official confirmation by the director, Matt Reeves, but Colin Farrell will be playing the Penguin in the Batman. Weird. That should be interesting. So we've got Daredevil as ben, as Batman in this current time, in the basically in modern day, and then in this uh, The Batman, which takes place in the 90s, so it's like a younger version of the Batflick Batman, uh, you have... 
Bullseye playing Penguin. So this is quite good, quite good. Now we just need Jennifer Garner to play a role somewhere, and we will have all three Daredevil characters in DC movies. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I'm honestly, I'm excited for this. I, I, I'm like, Colin Farrell is Penguin. I just want to see how this is going to be. This is like, it's kind of ridiculous, but I'm just like, yes, tell me more. I, w I would like to hear more. And uh, another piece, uh, before I've said that, um, what's his face, uh, Will Poulter had dropped out of Lord of the Rings as the, like, lead, uh, for that Amazon show. We now have Robert Aramayo will be joining now, I guess, to take on that role. And I'm excited because of one reason, that he is the one who played young Ned Stark. So I'm like, ooh, perfect. Just oh. throw him right in there. Okay. Give, give me that good stuff, guys. Give me that... I don't get to watch any young Ned Stark in a Robert's Rebellion show, so this yeah. is the next best thing. I'll take him in Lord of the Rings any day. That's that's fine with me. So, we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, I'm excited for this show. I want to see how it goes. And uh, they, they keep going with the castings, which means, like, but sometime soon I think they'll start production at a certain point, and we'll start hearing more and more, and there'll be a lot more news besides just, like, kind of, like, casting going in and out. But I'm, I'm excited to see what happens here. And then, uh, last piece of news, we got a couple new trailers. So, New Mutants is back. I'm quite excited about this. And apparently if they were doing reshoots and stuff before, none of that's in there. It's the original cut they had from a while ago. So, it's the, like, one covering the 90s X-Men, or the new 90s kids that were in X-Men. It's like uh, Magic, Danny Moonstar, Cannonball, Hotspot, um, Wolfsbane. Uh, I think that's actually the five that are in this movie. And there's other, there's others as well. I don't know if Magma's in this one too. Uh, I think that was her name, right? Magma? But, uh, so the cool thing about this is that they gave us a release date. And shit, what was the release date? James, do you know what the release date was? It's like April, I think. Uh, let me look it up real quick. I'm not 100% sure, but it was sooner than I expected. Actually, wait. I think I... Did I find it? Did I find it? Come on. Come on. Uh, April 3rd. April 3rd? Yes. So, we're getting it very soon, and basically... I don't, I, I don't know if this is still standalone, if they're going to say this is part of the MCU or not, if it's, like, the first part of X-Men, or if it's still just, like, yeah, if it's its own thing or not, who knows. But it's basically still supposed to be horror with X-Men, which has never been done before. And apparently, like, there's no, like, big villain or anything. This is just, like, this is just what horror, ha like, what, what fucking scary shit happens with this, and, and I'm excited to see how it goes honestly like the, i've been waiting for this movie i've been wanting this movie for a while because i like the the specific group of x-men so the i'm just I'm, I'm ready and we're getting it pretty soon especially uh it's it'll be another thing to satisfy my hunger until i get the delayed fucking godzilla versus king kong Ugh. which also was delayed wasn't it yeah that was delayed till november it was supposed to come out in like march anyway uh one last trailer we got morbius 
uh, starring Jared Leto. And this is, of course, the Spider-Man villain or anti-hero Morbius, the living vampire. And it's got Jared Leto, basically the full trailer. It's actually pretty cool looking. And yeah. It's Better basically, than I expected. It, it's like the full transformation of like him going from this crippled guy to a living vampire who basically feeds on people's souls or... No, the blood. What's blood? So I think it's blood. In the comics, he feeds on people's blood plasma and he That's uses what it his was. hands. Yeah. And he's got like these weird sucker things on his hands. It looks like for the movie they're just going full on like vampire fangs and shit, but whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how if they actually do that spot on, but the cool thing in it with it cuz it seemed like it was supposed to be more like uh kind of like Venom style where it wasn't associated with the MCU really. And it seems like they're not going to f- somewhat, but it they still are because you have a Spider-Man poster in there saying like murderer which yeah, refers which... to like uh Mysterio framing Peter for his murder, even though Peter didn't, and Mysterio was just, like, a dick that just wanted him to suffer if he died. And the funny thing is the picture, the the, the poster on the wall is actually the PS4 Spider-Man, but particularly the Sam Raimi outfit, PS4 Spider-Man skin. It's, like, (laughs) several layers of meta humor that Sony's like, haha, we own all of these versions of Spider-Man. Yeah, everything's fine. We're all fine here. And then, uh, that's not all, though. So that's just, like, showing that Spider-Man's in this world, which means, like, oh, it's the Tom Holland Spider-Man, which means it's connected. But also, they showed frickin' The Vulture. Vulture. Yeah, they showed Vulture. Uh, it's freaking um, what's his face? How did I just forget his name? Michael Keaton? Yeah, Michael Keaton. And he, he's in it, which just pretty much confirms it. So I'm excited to see the Vulture in this. Like, give me all the good shit. Like, I'm, I'm ready for this movie. I, honestly, I didn't think anything of it, because I never really cared for Morbius, uh, in the comics or any of the animated series for the, for the most part. And Jared Leto is fine, but I just, it wasn't something I was interested in, like Tom Hardy as Venom and stuff. But the minute, <laughs> it's bad for me, the minute they show Michael Keaton, I was like, so, but honestly, also just looking at the film itself, like the style they're going for and the tone, it looks pretty dope. Uh, why do I keep saying dope? It, but it looks pretty cool. And It does look uh, a lot more interesting than I was expecting for like a standalone Morbius movie. Yeah. And it's like Sony's, I guess uh, when they were doing all this stuff, I don't know if they're going to keep doing things like this now that it's Disney, but uh, we'll see. I'm hoping then that if this is happening, they that pretty much confirms. I feel like after Venom two, they'll probably do like a Venom, Tom Holland, Spider Man stuff, and they'll be they'll just be a lot more um, crossing over at least with Spider Man specifically, and then eventually maybe they'll they kind of inch their way into the MCU as a whole, just because it just goes to show as like an example really, just like the Spider, um, the Spider characters, uh, just are fleshing out more when you don't even have all these Marvel properties out yet with their own films. And yeah. I don't know. It feels like you could just focus on more side characters. Who knows? But uh, we'll just see how this one does uh, since we'll also have Venom 2 afterwards too. And then uh, did they give a release date for this one? Oh, I didn't notice. I uh, Morbius releases July 31st. All right. So here. we got... New Mutants, we have Black Widow, we have Morbius, and we have the Eternals, and maybe one other movie? I don't know. I think it's just that. So we have like four Marvel movies. Not too not too bad, I guess. 
but okay, yeah, that's that's all the news we have for today. Um, and trying to trying to keep it somewhat short, so it's still under an hour and a half. And thank God, James, this will be such a nice, easy edit, which will be very fast. But yeah, we'll release this at the end of the week. Time. Yeah. Uh, you guys will be hearing this. This should be a Friday if you're tuning in when it first comes out. Uh, just so we can give some space between this and Star Wars, uh, the the special for that. Uh, but after this, yeah, it's back to regular um, regular style. Uh, we're, now that we were able to, we actually put in like the the Morbius and PS PlayStation not at E3 news. Like very, it was like literally like five minutes like, before recording. Literally, those two pieces of news came out today. So it just kind of also makes it easier for us because that means we're pretty much fully caught up with everything. Uh, there's other smaller pieces that I'll be uh, tweeting out on our account later on, just kind of like with opinion-sized tweets, uh, and we'll or tweet-sized opinions. Actually, yeah, yeah, tweet says opinions. So tune in for those. Besides me just reposting the link for uh, like the Star Wars episode and this episode and everything. And once again, if I I don't know if I can do it for sure, but I haven't had a chance to even start planning it. But of course, uh, in late February, I did want to do a DC uh, extended universe special covering all the DC movies. Uh, basically, just to kind of time it right after we watch Birds of Prey, if I can work it uh, correctly. Yeah. So we'll see if I can get that done just because also um, regarding the like my game audio work with the company Forward Instinct doing our current game here, uh, we pretty much made our roadmap for the year and it's very much a lot more stable and kind of like visible deadlines. Uh, so I'll be probably focusing a lot more on that too, which will probably take a lot more of my attention as well. So we'll see if I have time to do the DC one. That kind of like took that away, but that for sure. Sorry guys, but that takes priority. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, that's that's pretty much everything. Uh, if you guys want to leave us feedback, uh, positive or negative, or if you have a question about, if you have a question you want us to answer on the show or anything like that, which we'd love to answer since we've only had one in the history of this show so far, uh, email us at sutrosidetalk at gmail.com. Uh, once again, also, of course, all of the contact information will be in the show notes. So you just have to look up them up in whatever uh, platform you're listening to. It should be at, like, the bottom. Uh, also, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, just follow it at Suture Side Talk. And then uh, if you want to follow James on Twitter, you can follow him at InvaderJim124. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at GoGoComzilla. And, of course, uh, if you guys want to help us out, since we don't really do anything for, like, money... Uh, currently, that it's like no ads, nothing like that, uh, or, or Patreon or anything. Uh, if you can either leave us like five stars, a good review, uh, subscribe, like, whatever it is for that platform, whether it be SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, or Google Play Music, that would be great. Otherwise, uh, thank you guys and have a great day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>